What's up, guys? Welcome to Made for Profit, a podcast where we talk business in the shop and help you monetize as a maker. Each week, we'll cover the topics most important to you, from marketing and selling your products to winning on social media and everything in between. I'm Brad Rodriguez, a full-time content creator running FixThisBuildThat.com, and my co-host, John Malecki, runs a full-time furniture company and its content site, JohnMalecki.com. Over the past few years, we've seen the value of bouncing ideas back and forth, and we want to bring you into the conversation and help you grow along with us. Welcome to episode 26. In this episode, we're hopping into another interview. Today, we'll be talking with our friend, April Wilkerson. We'll dive into April's story and how she got into the DIY space and turned a love for learning and doing new things into a full-time business as one of the biggest DIY influencers on YouTube. April and her brand, Wilker Dues, has over 540,000 YouTube subscribers and over 100,000 Instagram followers. She's one of our favorite Instagram accounts to follow and interact with, and she also has an amazing business to go with it. Before we get into the interview, we'd like to thank our new members that joined the MFP tribe this week over on Patreon, Jeff Madrigal and Brad Ross. Thank you, guys. Uh, they joined over at patreon.com forward slash made for profit, and they're now going to be able to take advantage of the after show and some of the other benefits we have over there. So if you want to join that crowd, you can go check it out. Uh, we also want to make a quick announcement. We are going to be taking another break for the holidays and uh, have a little bit of downtime for John and myself. So we'll be coming back with a new episode on January 9th, and we're actually going to be recapping 2017 and all of the crazy changes that have been happening in social media. So look forward to that episode. Uh, without further ado, here's our interview with April Wilkerson. All right, guys, we are so excited to have our third interview guest today on Made for Profit. And this is uh, actually a friend of John and I's. We both had some time to hang out with her and and talk business. And she is just a wealth of knowledge. Uh, April Wilkerson, welcome to Made for Profit. How are you doing today? I'm fine. Thanks, guys. Uh, we, are, we are excited because... Um, we, John and I both have just been watching your channel grow and it has been just an amazing growth path and seeing, you know, you have a similar story to a lot of people out there about just starting it on your own and you didn't have a lot of training. And that's one of the things, you know, we'll, we'll talk on, but just seeing it, it's just a, been a groundswell uh, from, you know, you being interested in the craft and going forward. So we are super excited just to hear uh, some of your experiences and things you've learned along the way and especially about the business aspect of it and how you've trained, you turn this into, you know, just an amazing business. And the, the, I don't know, what is your business called April? Is it April Wilkerson LLC or like, it's so it bad. A- I've been okay. So whenever I first started, I, I never planned on doing the YouTube thing. I didn't even know that YouTube was a thing really. I was just using it as a way to make videos so I can embed them on my website, which is called wilkerdues.com. And uh, yes. then the video started taking off. But whenever I signed up on YouTube at the time, it went through your Google Plus name or whatever Google's social media is called. And it makes you use your name. And so then my YouTube channel started taking off and it was under my name. But then my website and everything else was branded Wilkerdoose. And now I have like a duplicity going on. And I'm thinking about switching it over just everything to April Wilkerson instead of Wilkerdoose. Just because it now it's so far, my YouTube name has far outreached my website name, you know? The Wilker Dudes. Exactly. Yes, I remember because it, some it'll still actually in my browser because of the cache or whatever, the memory. 
it will still come up blogspot.wilkerbeards.com. Oh, really? funny. <laughs> and, and then, and then redirects because like that doesn't redirect. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So, it, well, and it's also because whenever it's put together without the hyphen, I get a lot of people saying Wilker does or dose. And I'm like, no, it's not. Oh. So I just, I just need to scrap it completely. But I tried to change it on Instagram and I got so much kickback on it because I actually switched over to April Wilkerson for a while, but I got so much kickback from people saying, where did you go? Your page is deleted. And it's like, it's not, it's everything's still there. It's just a new handle. But also I, I'm a part of, well, I don't even know how to explain it, but it, it just created some problems switching my name on, on the back end. So I ended up switching it back and I might do it at the end of the year. Just go ahead and scrap it completely. We should have a, if you, gotcha. if you end up doing it, we should have a party to say goodbye. But Wilker News, <laughs> I feel like it's been a part of all, it's, it's been a part of all of us. I mean, every, every one of us on our journey, I know has been on the website, has, has followed the brand. Um, extremely impressive. Um, Thank you. Love the new Love the new logoing and stuff too. Thanks. I know you recently uh, started implementing that. Everything looks great. It's 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 just been such a cool journey to be a part of. And I, um, I'm a we're both big fans of your of your Instagram and how you use it to your advantage. Um, and and you know bringing people along in the stories and as well as your feed. So uh, Wilker Dudes would definitely need a send off from from the maker community because I I know it's been a staple for a lot of us. Oh, thank you. You guys are too kind. Yeah, my Instagram, I feel like a little, just um, uh, a little baby running around, just screaming and doing whatever I want, you know, but it seems to be working. Like I have, I, I use it very like childishly. I feel like just cause I'm like, I see something cool and I take a photo of it and I post it online. And then, um, whereas, uh, you know, Anne of all trades ended up coming and I see her actual process that goes into taking photos and I'm like, wow, you, and then like time slots and it, of course it works for her because she has an, a, an amazing following on Instagram. But and then I, I, I look at her process and look at my process and I'm like, man, I'm a, like a, a little, little child compared to her. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like me and well, Brad. <laughs> exactly. When you, um, and I, I do love, so if you guys are not following April on Instagram, you should go check her out. And it is, it is Wilker dues, correct? April. It is. It's okay. Wilker underscore dues. Okay. Wilker underscore dues. And one thing that I love about what you do is like, you are so consistent with your stories and it's like every day, uh, you know, you have, you, you typically have, I don't know, f- five to 10 different segments and it's just, you just kind of documenting yourself going through the day. Is that mm-hmm. like when you started getting into that, um, was that kind of conscious? I mean, is that just an outlet for you? Uh, like, do you, do you have a lot of interaction there or like, what's, how are you so good at that? And like, you know, what do you get out of it on your side, I guess, is where I'm going with it. I, I originally started it uh, as a way to show my parents what I was, go- what, what was happening in my day, because I, of course, I'm super out of touch with a lot of people. And so, yeah, I just, I, I, I don't put much thought into it. I guess that's the deal is I don't think, have I done too many or I have, have I done too few? There's some days, like I think um, one day this week, I didn't do a single story. And it's simply just because I didn't feel like, putting the, the phone up and taking a story. So if I feel like it, I do. And if I don't, then I don't. But yeah, I, it started off as a way of me just trying to show my folks what I was doing throughout my day. And then people started watching and enjoying it. And so I just, I've just continued on. And now I feel like I'm talking more to my audience than I am to my parents, even though they still watch it and in, in order to keep, keep up to date with what I'm doing. So yeah, I can go from anything like a lot of people, um, not a lot of people, but some people just stay to only things related to their business and projects. But I feel like kind of part of my brand and it's what I want for my brand is for people to actually understand that I'm a real person behind it. So that if I miss a Sunday video, 
they don't hold it so much against me. Or if a project doesn't come out exactly right, they don't hold because at the end of the day, I'm a real person just moving through life, doing this thing and bringing you along. So I want to keep that relatableness and that, that authenticity, I, I suppose, you know? Yeah, we touch on we touch on that about um, in our Instagram series and when we coach people up on how to use the platform to their advantage for whatever their brand is. It's because people like to relate to people and you you hit something great there that you're a real person just moving through your daily life and you're bringing Mm -hmm. people along for the journey. We think that that journey is something that's hugely valuable to any brand. And it's really cool. I mean, we're we're both fans, like we said, and and I was when we were down in uh, I can't remember which show we were at recently, what we were chatting. And I was like, I, I kind of miss it when you don't put a story up because I don't know what you're doing. And it's like, but it's so genuine. It's so enthusiastic. And like when you're excited, uh, you know, it, it actually comes through and that stuff's really cool. Uh, and a lot of people that I know are trying to win on Instagram um, are, are trying to figure out the story thing. And I think you're hitting a home run with it because oh, of that. It's, it's something that, you know, it, we're, we we all get excited. We all have emotions. We're all humans. Yeah. And so when we see you doing it and, and anyone else doing the stories that way, um, it's a huge add to your branding. And, and, uh, and we try to, we, Brad and I both struggle there. <laughs> we're both like still trying to figure out stories and you're just crushing it. So it's, it's really good stuff. And, and I think it, um, assimilates very well to your brand because Thanks. you bring that kind of nonchalant, you know, run and gun type of feel from your Instagrams. And then everyone can go and get the wrap up, follow up on your YouTube channel. Do you see, mm-hmm. do you, and like you touched on, do you see a lot of people carrying over now from, uh, one side to the other, like YouTube to Instagram or Instagram to YouTube? I don't know too much about YouTube to Instagram. I don't, I don't actually track that anyway. Like I have an Instagram link in every single one of my video descriptions, but I don't actually track that just because it's not, I try not to pay too much attention to the numbers because I feel like it can sway you so much. I just, I, I kind of do what I want to do. And then I just let things either uh, grow or not grow the way that they're going to do it. Like my Patreon page has not, has not grown but I'm handling it the exact way that I want. Like I don't push it and I don't promote it. So it's fine that it's not growing majorly, but on the opposite end, I don't really push my Instagram all the time on like YouTube or any other place, but it grows naturally. So I just, I just handle things organically, whether it takes off or not, because at the end of the day, I feel like what we do content creation in our niche, you have to have so many different things going on, streams of revenue, um, platforms, just forms of communication. There's so many different things going on that if you're not doing exactly what you want to do in the way that you enjoy it, then it's just going to be way too much work and there's no way that you're going to be able to maintain it. So I don't, I don't track how many people I get per week from YouTube following me on Instagram. And I have no idea how I would even track how to follow or see who, who on Instagram is going over to, to YouTube. But I do know that that's another thing. Like whenever I'm making a story, I wanted to go back to that point really quickly. Whenever I'm making a story, it started off as me trying to keep somebody close to me, my family involved in what I was doing. So whenever I'm taking a story, especially in the beginning, I was thinking about what do I want to say to a, a close friend or a family member in order to get this across. And it allowed me to loosen up right off the bat and just kind of, you know, do something of value in that 15 seconds that would portray to them what I'm doing. And then, you know what I mean? So if you're, if you're struggling with starting stories, I would imagine pick a friend and then just say, you know, what about your day? Do you want to share with your friend? And then it'll eventually get a little bit easier to just naturally pick it up and talk to your audience because then they become invested in you and what you're doing and they become your friends in a sense. Um, But then the other thing is, 
my Instagram has now become an outlet for a behind the scenes look on what it takes for me to do these projects. I show a lot more mistakes and struggles in the actual project that I don't show in my YouTube video. And that's not because I'm uh, trying to hide it or because I'm ashamed of them, but just simply because if I have an eight minute window to tell you an overview on how to do this project, if you want to replicate it, if the, if the mistake or oversight is not valuable to that process, then I'm not going to include it and waste time on it. Instead, I'm going to show you something else that I'm going to spend a little bit more time explaining or, or moving along so the pace doesn't slow down. You know what I mean? Yeah, I love that yeah. aspect. And and yeah. and I love how open you are too. Um asking questions. I know uh in one of your recent builds you were I think it was a router profile. Um and you were just walking people through the process. And I mean, that's how all mm-hmm. of us think. I think uh adding that to the entire brand portfolio, you know, as in mm. finished product being your video, the build up to it being the kind of story in your Instagram. Um yeah. it it just lets people come along for that journey and as as we're all trying to continue to progress and get better. That's what it's about is bringing people along for the journey. So that's some, that's, that's really good stuff there. I mean, <laughs> uh, for, for anyone looking for, you know, tips and ways to crush it on Instagram and, and, and you're pretty new to Instagram, right? I don't know, maybe about a year and a half, two years now. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely crushing it. Um, and, and I think that that's great. Anyone looking for ways to incorporate how you can, uh, you know, have fun and still, use it for an advantage. Um, you know, April's absolutely dominating that part. Well, yeah. And I love, go ahead, April. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, you, Instagram definitely started off as just like everything else. It started off as like what you said, it's an outlet for me. I suppose it's enjoyable to me since I'm in my shop or outside doing yard work. I'm, I'm alone for the majority of my time. And so it's really fun in a very modern world way that I can pick up my phone and share something with thousands of people and not feel, I don't know. It makes me feel not so isolated sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it, it, it is definitely an outlet for me to be like, here, let me bring you along on this because I'm super excited that I bought my trusses this morning and I just have to tell somebody, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or, or I'm super frustrated and I just have to tell somebody cause I know that this happens to other people or whatever the case is. So I definitely, I do use it as an outlet. I had a point, but I've, Lost it. Sorry, I got off on a tangent. We we do that all the time. Don't worry. So, okay. But uh, the the thing I wanted to hit back on that I loved is that that tip about when you're going to stories instead of focusing on a large audience, focus on one person. I think that is brilliant. I think that's a great way to look at it, and yeah. not not only from a story, but also from a YouTube. Because I know people get freaked out when they get in front of the the camera. We've heard that so many times. Exactly. It's like I mean, I just I'm just so nervous in front of the camera. But it's like I love that idea of well, I don't know, pick it like if it's your best friend or your mom or your wife or your girlfriend or boyfriend or whoever yep. and just say like, oh yeah, I'm going to tell this person and, and use that same tenor mm-hmm. and tone that you would talk to them and that's automatically going to relax you and kind of put you in that zone. I, I love that. So, and also, uh, you know, hit on the authenticity and I know your parents are in a lot of your videos and you do a lot of work at their house and for them and mm-hmm. the carport and the steps and all those things that you've, you've done for them. It's been awesome. Um, so kind of rolling that in, is that, it, you know, let's get into your story a little bit. Um, did you get into DIY early? Was that something that you did with your dad when you were younger? And, 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 you know, not, not going like all the way back, like we don't need to know your childhood dreams, <laughs> but just, uh, you know, walk us through a little bit of that story where that interest came from. And then also kind of tying into you coming from, because you were in right the corporate world at, at mm-hmm. working a full day job before you got into this. So kind of take us through that story a little bit. 
Yeah. So I didn't, my dad was an aircraft mechanic and so he's always been handy, but in a completely different manner. And I never, I was never interested in doing anything. He's, he spends 80% of his time out in his garage, even to this day, he's claustrophobic. So he doesn't like to be indoors very much, but I was just, I never showed any interest in it. Um, so I didn't, I didn't gain interest in using tools or building stuff until 2013. I graduated from college and I all of a sudden had free time. And so I, uh, decided to start fixing up the house and I, I, I couldn't afford to buy a pantry. So I decided to, how hard could it be to make one? So I picked up my first tool, I picked up a drill and then I took it to my husband, Cody. And I said, Hey, how do you, how do you use this? And he showed me how to change out a bit, how to loosen and tighten the chuck. And it was just kind of like snowballed from there. So he taught me, he showed me how to use a drill. Then he already had a jigsaw. I borrowed a circular saw and then I started building stuff because I, I wanted stuff <laughs> and I couldn't afford to buy it. And that's it. So I've been, I've been using tools since literally January of 2013. And it's just been one kind of learning stepping stone after another, I would pick a project that I wanted. And then whenever I would run into something that I didn't know, such as how do you cut a long sheet of plywood, I would stop and figure that step out. And then next step is, okay, how do you join two pieces of wood together? So I would stop and figure that step out. And it was literally like that until I'm still doing that. That's the exact same method that I use on all my projects. So now I don't have to stop so frequently. Well, I do because I'm always taking on bigger, bigger and bigger projects. But like with this vanity that I'm building currently, it's a one sink bathroom vanity. I'm not having to stop and figure out anymore. How do I cut a, a down a sheet of plywood effectively and easily? I'm not having to stop and figure out how to join pieces of wood. So now I have all of these like four years or four and a half years of, of knowledge that I'm putting to use. And I'm just able to move through things a lot quicker. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? So, but I do the same thing. Whenever I do come across something that I don't know how to do, I stop and I figure it out, but it's all just small pieces of, you take this big, big thing, such as I'm about to tackle a 3000 square foot shop build and it's very overwhelming and scary. And whenever I start feeling that intimidation, I just step back and I'm like, okay, what is the very first thing? How to frame walls? or I have to frame the walls. And it's like, okay, I already know how to do that. 16 on center, seal plate, bottom plate, you know what? And then I break it down into smaller steps. And then I don't think about really the rest of the stuff, but then, but until I get there. Yeah. I love that. And so like, how does that translate then into the, so I love that, that personal range. I mean, the fact that you've been doing this for less than five years is just amazing in and of its own right, just from the business perspective and the, what, it, what you've been able to accomplish. So did you take that same approach then going into the business and and when did that? So you started January of 2013. Yeah. Uh, you you started uh, wilkerdews.blogspot or blogspot.wilkerdews.com. And then uh, when did when did YouTube start and when did that light bulb go? Oh wow, this could be a business. I remember watching you and I remember doing seeing all those things and uh, but I can't remember the exact timing on it. So the timing's a little fuzzy. I I started using tools in January of 2013. And then I built like four or five different projects whenever I realized, cause my frustration whenever I started building was that the information on how to build, let's say a freestanding pantry wasn't available to me. And so whenever I built the pantry, I realized that I was being a hypocrite because I wasn't, I was doing it, but then not passing along the information. So that's what started the website. Well, then I started building more complicated things. And so I started incorporating videos, a summary video after I built it saying, this is how I did it. So two, three minute videos. And then that was just a way to give a very quick visual reference embedded in the, in the website for people. 
But then I started, that led me into the community. Let's see, I started making YouTube videos a year after I started my website. So a year after starting my website, I discovered the YouTube community. And Jay Bates was actually the first one that I came across. And I realized that he was documenting his entire build. And whenever I saw that, I said, that's what I want to move to. Not yet still realizing that there's a way to make a living at it. I just thought it would be a really great way to share information. And then after about three months of doing of doing that, I realized, you know what? This could totally become a business. If I can, if I would be able to put my all into this, build up an audience and build up all of these different streams of revenue that I see people using, then I I think I could actually do this. And so from that point on, it was game over. All of my attention and focus went into consistency, building, uh, pushing out content, building up streams of revenue, everything. That's awesome. And where where were you at that point? Like as far as um, subscription base and just like, I mean, was, was that, had you, had you seen the groundswell? Had you had the kind of social proof that people were into this or were you just like, I see other people doing it and I'm going to do it. And I don't care. Like if, if it's not there kind of, if you build it, they will come. Or did you already have a feeling that, Oh yeah, people are resonating with what I'm doing personally. So I don't remember. I'm really bad about paying attention to numbers. It was, I was definitely under 100,000 followers. Um, but yeah, I saw other people doing it like Jay and And Jay and I ended up becoming really good friends. So we were chatting and I was like, I was realizing I can definitely make this into a living if, but it's going to take a bunch of time. But I I wish I could remember the number. I want to say I was around 60,000 subscribers, but yeah, people were, were showing interest. I was gaining a following and they, I was receiving good feedback, which most of the time people give you good feedback. So looking back, it was, I guess, a risky move, but I was so miserable. I was in a desk job. I worked for a great company. I worked with some of my best friends. And so it was good people, but I was just, I hated what I did day in and day out. And it took up, you know, nine, 10 hours, if you include travel and commute of my day. And it was literally sucking the life out of me. And so I said, I don't care. I don't care if it will fail. I want to at least take a break and see, like give myself, let's say six months and see if I can, if I put my all into this, because at the end of the day, I needed to change anyways, because that job was literally killing me. And so I was like, if I'm going to, if I'm going to try to make a switch, I might as well try to do this. And then if it doesn't work, then I'll just end up going to get a different job that will fulfill me more. See, I love that. I'm, I'm an all in kind of person. Like I, I get a lot of uh, comments from my personal friends in life and anything I do, it's literally like it's 110%. And it's whether it's like, like I just bought a Peloton bike. If you guys know what that is, it's literally a spin bike. Yeah. I weigh 270 pounds and it's going to be hilarious, <laughs> but like I want to get my health on track and I went all in on this ridiculous thing. And it's, it's how I am. I, I, I just love hearing how your uh, approach to leaving your desk job to go into the next phase, whatever it might be in life was screw it. I'm miserable. I'm jumping into this. And if I fail, I'll just go on to the next step. I think a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of people looking for inspiration to make large moves in their life, uh, struggle with overcoming fear. And I, and I think that um, the minute you, uh, just jump into it and it, and it, <laughs> and actually start doing it, that fear just dissipates and it's, and it's almost completely goes away. Whether you're winning or losing, 
that fear goes away and and then you continue to learn and grow and build and things happen organically, good or bad or whatever they might be. But maybe, um, I mean, I don't want to put it out there that this is definitely the way to go for everybody because I was really fortunate. I didn't have, I don't have any kids. And at the time my husband just graduated college. And so he was able to go back to work. And so that was also a big part of the shift is I had been working full time and going to school full time. Then whenever I graduated school, then I was just working and supporting. And then whenever he graduated college, it was a big factor because then I could literally quit my job and try to give this a go. So I had, I had, I did have a a net underneath me, you know? So I, I feel bad because I know that a lot of people aren't in the position to where they're literally the one supporting kids and the house and the wife. And you know what I mean? Or it takes two paychecks. And so what I always tell those people, because they are looking for motivation in order to leave their job is to get it going in the background. But it does take, unfortunately, about this path is that it takes a while to build up the momentum to turn it into something full time. But there's no reason that you can't do the job that you hate. And in the meantime, or in the background, start building up this thing that could potentially take over your day job so that you can quit and do it full time. But if you're in a position that there is like, uh, I don't want to tell their names because I don't want to tell their story if they don't want it be, to be told. But it's a it's a couple and they literally both quit their job after saving up in order to give themselves a year's worth of money to tackle this and see if they can make it work. I mean, maybe that's an option. I mean, there's there's a few different ways. There's not just one formula on how to make it work. Oh, no. And, and that's yeah. kind of like me and Brad. You know, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm a one end of the spectrum and he's on the other side, you know, Brad, how, however long you worked in corporate, you know, over a decade in order to get to this point where Brad went full time this summer. And I literally just walked off, you know, my, my life dream on the football field had nowhere to go and started building stuff and turned it into my life. Um, so yeah, we're, we're with you there on both sides of the spectrum. There's not one answer. There's not something cookie cutter for everybody. Um, I just love the enthusiasm behind it coming from you that, you know, I'm going to do this. And if it's if yeah. I fail in six months, screw it, I'll get something else, but I'm doing it. And, uh, and I think that that mindset can be ap- applied a lot more, not as definitely, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be huge things like, quitting your job and going all in on, uh, on a dream, but it could be something like you said, small steps, one step at a time, uh, to, to build yourself up to where you can eventually reach that thing. Climbing any mountain takes one step at a time. Of course. Um, well, and, and that's think, uh, at the root of it. Cause even like I worked for a full year while doing YouTube and it was literally making me sick, but it was still the same all in mentality on, I I shifted my focus and it's like, okay, this YouTube thing is now what I want to do. And so I was, I would spend every single evening and every single weekend in my shop so that I could put out weekly videos while I was still working. And so it's, it's, it, yeah, you're right, John, the, the root of it is regardless of your situation, you need to have that mentality on I'm all in and I'm going to do what it takes to, you know, be happy and to achieve this goal that I'm setting out to. Yeah, that, yeah. That's awesome. and that that's one thing, April, that uh, that I was so impressed with you. I still am of being because like when I was doing the side hustle, right, and I was doing the full time job. Um, I mean, I was I, as hard as I would try, I could never get a week, a project a week out. And the fact that you're able to do that, I mean, it's just but it is. And I'm sure that when you did that and going through that and, and obviously you being able to put out that much more content that to do that, there were sacrifices, right? And mm-hmm. I'm sure that you, whatever your personal relationships uh, suffered from that and went down and it's like that time. And I think that in anybody's time in any entrepreneur's lifetime of, you know, when you look at that, okay, that gear up into getting to where you want to be is like, 
is the sacrifices. And that's another thing that I think a lot of people, uh, when we talk to them about is like, you got, that's what you have to decide is like, are you all in or are you not? Because if you're all in, then you're going to have to let this other stuff suffer for a while. And, and, and John, we've really got to get those quotes, but whatever it was like planting your fields or whatever they are (laughs) so that you can, you know, you're investing now and it's like, you're going to, you're going to put all this other stuff to the side, but you know, in the end, so now, right now that you're full time, now you've got all this time, you can go hang out and build stuff with your parents. Whereas when you're working full time and putting stuff out, you probably saw your parents a little bit less, right? When you're doing that weekly content, but now you can see them all the time and go do projects with them. So it's like, the kind of like the light at the end of the tunnel type thing. And, and but you got to go through the hard, you got to put in the work to get there. So love that story. And it's so cool to, as we interview people and just, uh, as we t- tell our own stories, how they're so different, but there are very similar through lines about the sacrifice and about, you know, what it takes to get there and the commitment. So mm-hmm. I, I love that part of it. Yeah. I, I mean, and uh, <laughs> I think the quote you're looking for, Brad, was dig your well before you drink from it. Something like that. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 hey, <laughs> I, I have a quote that is awesome. Y'all want to hear it? Of course. We oh, do. yeah, absolutely. It's plan your work, work your plan. Perfect. I love it. So, you, yeah, I love it, too. Somebody told me that this past week and I'm like, I'm, I need that on a sign. Plan your work, work your plan. So you got to plan it out and then just hit it. Punch it and in the face. Yes, the that's face. the podcast right there. <laughs> Get a plan and then punch it in the face. <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> segueing out of uh, the beginning of your story into like into how things have grown for you. You've mm-hmm. got yourself, you know, quite the impressive business now. Thank and, you. And, and, you know, we... Uh, we all became, I think, a little bit closer friends as you and I did uh, FabTech together, and then we were hanging out the next week at Stafta. It was a uh, and 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 getting to know each other. It's it's always so impressive to see um, where people are are winning, and um, you know we we'd love for you to go into a little bit more how you took that step from just hammering out content mm-hmm. and getting as many uh, projects, videos, and blogs out there as possible to that morph into a real business, like mm-hmm. a transition for a lot of us. I mean, I'm in it right now. That transition is, it's a, that's a, that's a step in its own. Like that's a leap there. Yeah. I think what it is, is you have to understand the different streams of revenue options because it takes multiple. I need to actually count this up because I say this all the time, but I think I have seven or eight different streams of revenue. Some very small and only pay like, let's say an electric bill. And then some is if I lost them, then I would, you know, be very upset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, it, it's a wide range, but in my head, I'm thinking every single little egg accumulates into a, my larger basket. And on that hand, the diversity makes me feel comfortable in the direction because I have this very kind of brazen attitude on if you don't like it, then I'm sorry, or that's okay. Feel free to, to unsubscribe or don't watch. Like I never once asked people to subscribe to my channel because I, I'm really stuck on the fact on I do what I want. I build what I want. I present it in the way that I want. I talk the way I talk. And if you don't like it, then that's just fine. I'm not trying to please everybody. Um, where was I going with that? Oh yeah. So with that, I just, I, I need the uh, sense of ease of knowing that I can have that attitude because I have a widespread of, of income coming in that if I did lose one, then I would still be supported. So, I mean, the way that I transitioned is I tried to open up as many streams of revenue as possible in the very beginning. And just like an audience, all of these streams of revenue need to be started as soon as possible because they all take momentum or they, yeah, they all take a while to gain momentum. So like, let's say affiliate links through Amazon. If I use a drill, I link it in the, in the description of my video. 
if I don't have many videos, then surely that affiliate link's not going to get clicked on a lot. And so that builds up, that stream of revenue builds up as I build up my collection of videos and as I build up my website audience and, and, or maybe a newsletter mailing address, you know what I mean? So I, what I did is I opened up streams of revenue. I I focused on consistency. I, I focused on quality, making sure that I wasn't uh, shifting from the formula that gained me my audience to start with. Um, what else was there? My website. I think people underestimate how important the website is. And can I can I dive into that a little bit, guys? Or have you already Absolutely. covered this topic? Okay. No, so the, the thing about the website and why it's important is I used to take the time and type out the tutorial, even though I'm providing a visual video showing the overview. I don't do that anymore, but I still put every single, I still make a post every single time I release a video because what that does is people will watch my video on YouTube. And then uh, let's say I have a plan, either a free plan or a paid plan, or maybe I have a template that they can download. Then what I can say in the video is I have something on my website that you can check out. They go to the description of the video and there is not only all of my social links, which is good if they follow any of those, but then also a link to my website and all of my affiliate links. So there's a lot of potential right there to work in my benefit. If they go to my website, then in the post that it takes them to, I then have the um, affiliate links placed again to where if they want to do the little verbiage on on why I did the project, then they can read that and then maybe even click on some of the affiliate links. But then once they're on the website, one, automatically, I get AdSense from the website. So if I had AdSense on the YouTube channel, I now have a double hit on AdSense on my website, which is completely separate. It comes into one paycheck at the end of the month, but it's it's two different pennies, right? Then once they're on the website, then maybe they'll check out the plans page because they see, oh, she sells plans. I wonder what what she has. If it's a free plan, again, they're there. They're enticed to go there in the first place because of the option of a free plan. But then they end up seeing the the paid ones. Then they see, oh, she also sells merchandise. Let's check that out. And then um, the the things I use page, they're like, oh, yeah, I was wondering what sort of camera she uses. And it's listed there. And then, of course, that's affiliate links. So there's a lot of different options for upping some of the other streams of revenue just by getting them over to the website. And not only that, but the website, of course, also gives you a hub for you to sell products, consulting, um, you know, things that you make, digital plans, whatever it is. So I, I feel like people really underestimate the value of having a website. Hundred percent, and we we preach that pretty hard. Uh, and we talked. We just got through talking about. And I don't know how how much you use yours, April, but uh, the, our last episode was on the email list, and so that's another mm. thing. And so whenever we do uh, the pullover to the website, that's also the draw. And so all those clicks, exactly what you're saying, we try to pull those in as the sales funnel because the the website is the hub, and that's our ownership, right? Because um, you know YouTube could go away tomorrow, Facebook could go away tomorrow, Instagram, all those. Um, you know, the website, you know, any domain provider could go away, but by and large, we're still going to own that domain and that's somewhere we can go and we can do whatever we want. And when somebody comes to that website, there's no algorithm squashing you. Like you can tell them exactly what you want to tell them. You can put whatever you want in the sidebar. You can do whatever pop, you know, you can, you can send your message Mm -hmm. and getting them there, gathering an email, send them to plans, highlighting merch. Love that. That's exactly uh, what we're trying to preach here is just, is getting that ownership and the website is, is the hub of it. And, and that's something actually John and I have been uh, working on, on his side. I've, 
because I started kind of as a blog and similar to you, April, like I understand that side of it and John's just getting into it and he's already seeing some great gains and there's, you know, there's just so much value. Completely. It's not all about YouTube. Well, the, yeah. the deal is, is YouTube is such a large platform for an audience and the key to anything uh, if you want to make revenue it, off of this is you have to have an audience. If you have an audience, um, then companies will approach you in some form or fashion, whether that audience be on Instagram, your website, YouTube, or if you even gather on the street, if you have a regular following that of uh, 150 people that follow you, eventually somebody was going to say, Hey, can I print you off a shirt and you wear my logo on your shirt? You know what I mean? Like all you need is an audience in order to start making money in some form or fashion. So with that, Another important thing about the website is my YouTube following is by far my my largest. And so if somebody wants to market through me on my on my YouTube channel, I'm going to charge them a higher fee. But if let's say it's a small startup company and they can't afford that fee, well, then I can say, no problem. I still like your product and I want to work with you. How about I do a giveaway on my website? That's only this amount. Or how about I promote something on Instagram for you, show how it's used. And that's a that's a much reduced or lower rate because I have a. I'm not, oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm knocking my mic over. Um, because that, that's a, that's a, that's a smaller audience. And so what that, what, again, what that does is give you a diversity and it, it opens up more chances to work with more people because you have a scale that can fit almost any budget, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I, I, well, I love that you're touching on things that we've, uh, <laughs> I read all kinds of books, listen to books. I'm a big book guy. And, um, when you talk about building your audience, I mean, we, what was it? Episode one or two, Brad, where we're talking Seth Godin, you know, uh, talking about building the tribe. Your tribe. And, and, um, if you build an audience of any kind, you can sell them anything. And a lot of our, um, a lot of our listeners aren't, aren't essentially doing content, but what you said there, April, as in, if you build this audience, you can, you can essentially provide value to them in any way. You could be selling everything from cutting boards to swimming pools to blinds to carpet. And if you build the correct audience, um, they're going to buy what you're saying because you're validating yourself. I also love the fact that you, um, that you're so such a, uh, advocate for the website because we talk about it all the time. You have to be driving people to somewhere where you're owning whatever it is you're doing. Um, for you, for instance, like you said, your your full tutorials, you have plan sales, you have merchandise, you have um, the consulting, and you also have multiple opportunity. But that's all on something you own. Mm-hmm. If YouTube goes away tomorrow, if uh, Instagram goes away tomorrow, you still have a business. And that's because you're driving people to the owned website. So uh, a lot of value there, I think in multiple ways and not just in content. And and I love that you're touching on it. And, and, and it's just, it's really good stuff. It's Thanks. great to see the, uh, affirmation of somebody doing things that we talk about. Um, and, and I don't even know if we've talked about that before between us three. So it's great. I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, but another thing like touching on that, it brings to mind the kind of thought process of mine is I'm always thinking about the short game and the long game at the exact same time. So my short game is to do consistent content, which is killer um, as far as like the potential for revenue, but it's short. I do it once. I make a video once and boom, if I have a sponsorship, yeah, that paycheck's nice, but it's not going to last me. I'm not going to see it in three years. I'm not going to see it in three months. So it's, it's, it's something that I have to do in order to, of course, continue in this game, not really game, but, you know, continue along this path. 
But while I'm taking in these short-term opportunities of revenues, I'm also thinking about, okay, what am I going to do as far as like long-term passive streams? So like the digital plan sells, that's evergreen content. I build the coffee table and I put in that effort. Maybe I find a sponsor for that video and I get that short-term paycheck. But if I put in a little bit more effort or maybe a little bit more money, and I do a digital plan for it, then it can go on my website. And that is something that is evergreen that I'll be able to sell for years. So I put in the effort once and sell it multiple, multiple times. That's a long stream form of revenue. Do that over 150 projects. And now I can sit back and not worry. I didn't put out a video this entire month or be not so concerned with short-term sponsorships or consistent content because I have multiple streams of long-term revenue set up, which that's the plan sells is just one form of that. You know, other things is I'm trying to develop and design and patent so that I can license products that I feel I think will be useful. So if once that actually goes through, setting my mind to it, it's going to go through. Once that actually happens, again, that's going to be a long term stream of revenue. So but I'm doing these short term things in the in the meantime, in order to sustain me while I set up these longer term things. So if you're going to get into this path, you need to be thinking about both open up multiple streams of revenue and really analyze is this short term is long term. Make sure that you have both. Love it. Love it. And that's, um, and I, and I love seeing that cause I know that you got, uh, you got the CNC. Yeah. I don't know. So you have some other stuff coming oh, and, uh, yeah, CNC is also really good long term. Go ahead. Exactly. For product, for product sales. And so mm-hmm. like, you know, you're, you're, you are probably in our space, the person attacking, from more angles than anybody else that I can think of, of just because you're in content. Now you're in product, you know, you're across the board and it's really great to see that and to show that, but it also, it grows. So going, kind of going back, I like what you were saying about building up the long term. Um, when you were, you know, when you were back at maybe 60,000 followers or whatever it was, um, how was the jumping off point? Um, did you start to see all those little eggs coming into the basket, being able to get you there? No. Or was there a big, when you hit those sponsorship, when you got a long-term deal, <laughs> was that the tipping point for you? No, I was really irresponsible. I literally quit my job and I think I was making, I'm gonna, I, I don't typically say numbers, but I'm going to say this number. I think I was making uh, $1,100 at the time between all my streams of revenue, between AdSense on YouTube, AdSense on my website, um, I think one plan sale, like it was just really minute. I didn't have a single sponsorship, but I was like, I literally, I cannot do that. I was making myself sick. And the doctor was telling me you need to stop. So, uh, I just up and quit, but I'll tell you this, the day I released the video saying I quit my job and today's my last day. I got a call from both Rockler and Triton saying that they want to work with me full time and they are still working with me to this day. So it was like really kind of validating that, I was taking this leap and everybody in my life was like, this is not okay. Crazy. I know we can't stop you, but this is dumb. (laughs) And then that single day I was like, boom, there it is. You know what I mean? So it was, I didn't, I know that that doesn't happen all the time, but it was, yeah, but it, it was amazing. So it it was, it was irresponsible, but at the same time, it just, it it allowed me to move forward very confidently because that exact same day. Yeah. And I think the the key point there, right, is that, yeah, that doesn't happen. To, and that, that probably won't happen to many, if any people. But the point is, is that you had uh, already uh, substantiated yourself, right? So those people didn't call you out of blue because they saw that one video. They'd been following you and your consistent content, right? So that was that those two calls that you got 
mm-hmm. uh, were because of all the stuff that you'd built up before that. So you'd been putting in the work and then it just so happened that, you know, that was a, an awesome inflection point. And they were like, okay, perfect. Yeah. Now if she's going full time, like we're in. That's so, what it was. Yeah. They, right. they, if, they if noticed, they okay, you're going to fully you, commit. Then I, then they're yeah. Right. But if that hadn't have happened, you would have still worked with them. It may have been another six to 12 months, like whatever it is. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I fully expect that uh, if you had to continue to put that in because because of the quality content you were doing and because of your authenticity and all those all those factors that you've been putting in. And so, yeah, it's that that story is an amazing story. And, you know, a lot of people are gonna be like, oh, well, yeah, that would never happen to me. That's true. But uh, the basis of it is, <laughs> it is might still be true. the same, right? <laughs> I mean, that is a, that is a wonderful story, though. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, it, it's 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 really awesome. But with that, I didn't have uh, all of those streams of revenue built up. I was trying to build them up. But guys listening to this, guys and gals, um, don't underestimate how difficult this is. So many people, which I'm not discouraging you. If you want to give this a go, definitely. I tell everybody, give it a go. See if it's for you. But I think a lot of people completely underestimate how difficult and how much hustle this this is. Um, it's not just about getting free tools or getting paid to use tools. It's we earn it. Anybody who who is working with a sponsor, they have put in a lot of time and effort and they always will as long as they're doing it. So don't underestimate that it's that we're just kind of like sitting around <laughs> uh, free and easy. Yeah, just doing, uh, doing podcasts. The only reason and, I bring uh, that up. <laughs> yes, and chatting with friends. No, the reason I bring that up is like even some of my closest friends, they text me and they say, so girls, how's work in April? How's the country life? And it's like, they don't include me in the thing on how's work going because they don't view what I do as work, you know, but it. But I work way more than people with a with a full time job, you know, because I, I own my business. So, John, you know that you if you're the owner, then you just have to get after it. Yeah, it's 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 uh, well, Brad, you do, too. I'm not excluding yeah, I, no, you. Of it's course, okay, we're in the same boat. It's OK. No, it's OK. <laughs> I don't I don't do anything. <laughs> Brad and I have touched on on the show, you know, the uh, the you talked you talked about sacrifice before you've talked about, you know, the journey in in, in owning your own business. Um, Brad and I have talked about before how this isn't easy. Nothing. I don't think anything great in life comes from easy. You know, struggle Definitely and difficulty not. develops character. It develops um, it develops you into the person you're supposed to be. And those moments come from when you're faced with adversity and struggle. And I mean, those are all uh, cliche football quotes that I've adopted into my life. But along the same lines, you know, if if I was sitting here and this was easy, um, I'd probably be lazier. I, you know, I always we all would. And then yeah. the rug could be pulled out from underneath us, you know, immediately. And I think that happens to um, a lot of people getting into business, they'll get one huge job or they'll get something that's so nice and didn't take a ton of um, the, the ridiculous grind effort. And they'll think that that because that one easy thing came in, everything's going to become easy. And that's not how it is. You know, yeah, you uh, you picked up two sponsors like um, that was beautiful, but you've been grinding it out for years still um, developing and building those relationships and building Mm -hmm. out the rest of your business as we all have, you know? And I think that uh, if you're going to get into this game as, as and there's a lot of gaming in it, but if you're going to get into entrepreneurship or in any way, you have to understand that it is a grind and struggle. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter if you're doing content, if you're doing product sales, if you're doing consulting, if you're doing coaching, speaking, whatever it might be, there's a ton of grind that goes into it. And uh, and I love that you touched on that because it's something that is very easy for other people to look at and go, oh, but you work for yourself. Or it's easy. Like my, my, my friends say it all the time. They're like, Hey, can you, can, can you do this? Or like, do you have time to come, you know, do something in the middle of the day on like a weekday? I'm yeah. like, uh, no, 
Uh, I don't like no for I like I work and you know this yeah. like, you're well aware my whole life is work it's like oh all you do is post to Instagram it's like okay okay that's my life <laughs> you're just like but um but yeah it happens to all of us it is a grind and to go back on the <laughs> into a more positive uptick on it um I think that there's a lot to learn from that and that's what's developed us all into one relatable friends in this in this space but two um as as people that enjoy it like i enjoy the grind i like the fact that i you know just am <laughs> putting tons of hours into what i'm doing and that i'm able to enjoy it i think we're fortunate in that sense and i think that that's a, one of the you know the the good sides and the benefit to it yeah i completely agree i think um i find the marketing side uh just so interesting and like the business side i find very interesting which i feel like you have to because if you're good i know i know one of the biggest youtubers he's so good at content but he's bad at the business side and Mm -hmm. it's just it's (laughs) it's difficult because you have to be thinking about both you can't just focus on content you have to be thinking about how am i going to turn this content to where i can do it full time but also be putting food on my table you know because you have to keep in mind anytime which i'm not talking to you guys because of course you know it but listeners anytime that you're approached by a company you're marketing on their behalf and that is worth something so i always give the advice to even smaller channels don't don't just take free product charge them $15 charge them $50 because you're marketing to your audience for them and that's worth something and you're building up the precedence of my time and my attention to this is is a value you know oh yeah and there's a lot that and and I think another thing we should touch on and kind of I want to segue into a little bit is like uh, so you've talked about having a ridiculous amount of revenue streams, which is super impressive. We all know how much content that you put out and we all know how much time you invest into it. Um, I mean, have you gotten to a point, cause this is the next step. You said um, that you have to be thinking business and uh, as, as you want to, as you would think of it from a, a, I guess a, a titled sense, the talent, you know, and, in and what you do, you're the talent and the business, you know, and all of us are the same in that. Right. Um, but some people just, they're not good at both. Have you gotten to a point yet where you think that it's time to start supplementing? Cause we, um, when we, when we coach people up on it, if you don't think that you have the business mind, it doesn't mean you should be scared of getting into this. Just find someone that supplements that side. Of exactly. It. Balances. And, yeah. And, and I think that, um, there's a lot of people winning doing that in this Mm -hmm. space. And I think there's a lot of people in business that need to realize that you don't have to do it all yourself. Brad and I being (laughs) two people in that, you know, like we, some, a lot of stuff we need to start outsourcing. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us are at that stage. Why don't you touch on that a little bit? Because we know that you can be extremely overbearing with all of the things that go into running a business and being the talent. It's difficult, right? Because you you start off doing it all because at that point you're not making any money to to outsource it to anybody. Mm-hmm. And so it's it, it's it's easy to think, well, I want to start adding this thing, so I'm just going to take that on as well. Then I want I want this to happen, so I want to take that on. Yeah, I I'm I'm way past the point of I don't do anything besides work and I'm it's it's starting to kill some of the enjoyment of things for me. And that's, that's the complete opposite of what I want. I don't want to get it bur- burnt out on building or making content. Both are very important to me. And I, and I love doing both, but I am to the point to where I need to outsource, which I have, I've been pretty good. The, the most difficult part is just finding the right people, but I'm finding somebody to out, uh, do my plans for me to where I'll do all of the modeling because my point, my, my goal is to get to the point to where I can 
design, build and handle the video. And then kind of like my website, let's say giveaways, anything of that sort, I want somebody else to handle all of the other streams of revenue still need to be maintained. But if I don't necessarily have to touch it, then I don't want to at this point. So I'm outsourcing my plans. Um, I would love to be able to upload my video, then pass it off to somebody and they handle all of the description and the tags, the thumbnail, the affiliate links. Um, I have somebody else handling my website for me. Even like with this grenade stool that I'm going into production with, I pretty much have people on, I'm, I'm still kind of overseeing all the decisions and the moving forward process, but I have somebody else maintaining is the design patent getting filed, uh, is the building for the a cutting machine getting built, you know, like all of these other things that I don't necessarily have to be involved in. Yeah, at this point, I'm totally fine with just paying somebody else to handle it for me and me just being kind of the overseer, the manager, I suppose. Um, yeah, and I think you're you're naturally focusing on what you're good at, exactly, which is exactly what you said. Which I could be good at. I could handle everything else, but I can't. I can't sense what you've already said. I'm so spread out at this point between everything. There's no way that I can do it all at this point. So I have to pick which. What do I want to? Which I, I feel really fortunate that I get to pick that. What What is it mm-hmm. that? I, what area do I want to focus in? And that's going to be the design, build, and video portion. Yeah, and I think it's cool too. Like I think plan, and that's one of the things that John and I are actually actively pursuing is just like the plans is a great point of that because one of the best things to let go and get third-party help on is the evergreen stuff right because it's going to pay for itself so like plans is perfect so say you pay you know 100 to 500 bucks whatever that is if you make that money back in two to six months and then after Mm -hmm. that it's a you know it's all that so yeah you you gave away some of the initial money but how many other plans were you able to design by not spending that eight to ten hours putting together that plan. And exactly. you know, I know that all too well because I still do all my plans. And Or how much how much happier are you whenever you come to do your next plan because you got to spend that time, downtime with your family or going to throw a football around. You know what I mean? It's really important to take time for yourself, whether that be alone time or family time or, or hobby time, you know? And so even if you're not spending that time whenever you're outsourcing something, doing something else productive towards the business, it's still, I think, just as important. Absolutely. That you, that you still outsource it so that you can take time for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. So I think a lot of entrepreneurs, um, and and we'll specifically stick with the the people in our space. And, uh, what, what happens is, you know, we're advocates for, for social obviously and content. Um, but the, anyone trying to sell and move product, they look at it as another thing to do instead of that supplemental aspect where there's a ton of value to be added. And you touched on something great there. You don't have to change what you're doing um, and, and focus on things that you have to relearn and redo necessarily. You can develop a process in which you source that to somebody else and you can, can, you can continue to win and add that value to your, to your brand or to your business. Yeah, I sit here. I do. <laughs> I do way too much. I know that, and I'm well aware of it. And I, when I should be focusing on the things that one make me happy, and two, make me money. And mm-hmm. in business, a lot of people struggle with that. And and Brad and I are two of them. Like I said, um, it's awesome to see you uh, morphing your business into that 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 type of uh, that type of model. But it's also great to 
to know that, you know, the confidence and processes are there because you did it already and you know what you want to give to people. Um, I think a lot of our listeners are either thinking about that stage or at that stage where they're doing things that they don't like to do anymore. They don't think that they're doing them uh, as efficiently as they could be. And that's kind of the step where you need to start looking into sourcing. You need to start looking into adding people to your business. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's a, I get that question a ton because I, I do production, you know, how did you hire or how do you scale or, you know, when's the right time to bring somebody on? Well, the right times when you feel like you are so bled out uh, across multiple things that are happening that you need to yeah. start adding. If you're smart, you'll do it before you run yourself. Exactly. Um, <laughs> well, and maybe and get, and get that in place. Maybe a tip for that is I I'm looking back on the time to where I really could have used somebody's help, but I, I I didn't want to spend the money in that area yet to hire somebody. So what I ended up doing, like let's say for the plan sales, I wanted plans for the things that I was doing, but I didn't want to actually pay for somebody to do the plan. So what I ended up doing was doing a revenue split with them, giving them a royalty of sorts for every plan sold. And that way it's not coming out up front, which you have to think about long-term if it does really well, but I'm, but I was okay with that. So, uh, for those plans, I have a, a revenue split with the with the plan designer. And so keep that in mind moving forward that if you find somebody to maybe edit your videos, maybe you give them a, a percentage of the AdSense or you know what I mean? And and so it's more of a whenever you get the money, then they get paid as well. And if it does well, then they do well. And then if it doesn't, then nobody's out. Well, yeah, except for I the time. There's a lot of ways now that if you're a skilled person, there's a lot of ways to trade value in order to get those things with other people. I mean, Mm -hmm. I have friends that'll come shoot video for me and then I'll help them with a home project, you know, and it's a good trade off. Their hourly rate might be $300 an hour, but I'm able to do something that they can't physically do in their home. There's ways to supplement your business, whether you're doing content or not with the skill that you have, especially for a lot of our listeners. So that's a great tip, that trade off and how you can all you're doing is adding value to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hey, they have a skill set that they can make a couple bucks on. Bang, bang. Mm-hmm. We offer, I mean, we offer affiliate partnerships to our to our patrons and to our listeners. So, I mean, that's a it's it's a it's a brilliant brilliant way to go about it. Good stuff. Yeah, that's a fan. That's fantastic. I, I really love that idea because also, like I say, just a super simple example. If somebody's charging four hundred dollars to make a plan, you can say, "I'll give you two hundred now." And then, but with the, you know, you can put a cap on it too. So, but we'll all give you a percentage of the sales up to 800. So yeah, you might get half uh, and they do it or, but that way you've kind of also limited yourself on the, on the top side. So you're giving them the upside, you're giving them something up front. So they're not working for free. Uh, yeah. Uh, amazing way to think about that because, and that's the thing. I, I think a lot of people, like when you look at something, it's, it's uh, one or zero black or white mm-hmm. and that there's so many ways to work around and to solve the problem and to say, okay, well, what if we did this? And and to not think of things as yes or no, but to think of things as, okay, well, what do you need right now? And then what would be an ancillary benefit down the road mm-hmm. and make it something that's attractive Flexible. For, for both parties. And squishy. You gotta, yeah, you gotta be squishy and moldable. Be squishy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's gonna be our quote, squishy and moldable. I'm, I'm naturally squishy. John, so this is great. <laughs> you gotta be moldable yeah, too, John. <laughs> not very moldable. No, neither very am I. Stiff, it's a stiff squish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, you got to be, I do the same, same thing with, with sponsorships that approach me companies. I always, they always say, okay, how does this work? And I say, it works any way that we come up with it for, to work. I'm very flexible. So what is it that you want? What is it that you're able to do? And I'll tell you what, um, like you run it by me and then I'll run it by you. We'll throw everything at the whiteboard and then we'll see what we come out with. There's not one correct way to work with me, you know? So it's all, it's all the same across the board. You got to be flexible. You just got to be squishy. 
Yeah. And <laughs> I, I love the, that idea uh, because you're going to gain so many more because that, and people used to talk about, um, and I get a lot of requests for like, give me your rate sheet. Yeah. And that's the same thing as I tell them April. So I was like, well, I don't like to give a rate sheet because mm-hmm. then once you give a rate sheet, then that's kind of locked. It's locked in the conversation to this specific bound. Okay. One video post with, you know, social exactly. ampl- amplification, whatever. Um, and, you know, people still want that sometimes, but uh, if you can just say, well, Hey, what are you guys looking for? I mean, exactly. it's just, I think that goes across the board in so many things, working with sponsors, working with clients, even mm-hmm. uh, if you're, if you're making products, same thing. Uh, mm-hmm. So there's, there's lots of different ways that you can benefit from it. But um, we definitely want to be respectful of your time. But one of the things that we love to ask people uh, as a, as a parting advice for the audience is what kind of advice or what's the one piece of advice that you would have liked to have when you started or that you would just give somebody now that's just starting out either in uh, the content game or just doing their own business or you can kind of take it wherever you want to. But it's not going to be like super insightful. But the number one thing that I always tell people is don't use your real name whenever you're like my mistake. I wish I would not have used my real name because then it's very easy for people to Google and find your address and find everything, you know, and it's just it can turn into a, a creepy situation, you know. So I always tell people, don't use your real advice getting into this game. And um, don't don't get discouraged when it ever doesn't take off immediately. Yeah. And I think that's also, I know we, we didn't necessarily hit on it, but I think even more so as a female in this space, right, that uh, that that creep factor obviously is going to be a little bit higher. Uh, Maybe. But just for well, definitely well, the type the, of comments. The I mean, different sorts of creeps. Right, yeah. Yes. Yes. And just, you know, the but like your blacklist on YouTube, actually- your blacklist comment list is probably <laughs> much larger than John's as far as like comments that you just automatically delete, you know, that don't make it to your comment section. Oh, completely. Yeah. I mean, being a female definitely has a lot of differences than uh, males in the game. But um, besides that, like I've had people drive by my house, but never have actually come in or knocked on my door. But like I know Izzy Swan has had somebody knock on his door as well as Jay Bates. So it's not just females. I I would just recommend anybody starting off male or female because you also have to keep in mind like Izzy has little girls at his house and of course a wife and some strangers just knocking on the door thinking it's totally not weird. And that's weird, you yes. know? So I always tell people don't use a real name. Uh, Darbin Orver created a fake name. Some people go like a crafted work workshop. He goes by the brand. So there's different ways around it. But if I could go back and, and I wish somebody would have told me don't use a real name. Yeah, I think uh, flipping into the positive side is, you know, think about your branding and the brand you want to develop. um, And if that is something that should be, you know, built around your personality, I mean, you as a person, there's a there's a reason for that. I mean, you nailed it. I've had I've had people come to my house. I've had people show up at the shop. You know, it it happens. Um, I was unfortunate that I had (laughs) all my social was built around my football personality and I kind of converted it over, but um, you nailed it. Just think diligently and get a plan together for your brand. If you're getting started in this and then understand that there's benefits to being a personality and there's benefits to being a brand. Um, and that's why two of us sitting here are our names and Brad has fixed this build that, I mean, there's, there's sides to both of it. Um, great tip there. And, and we're both, uh, you know, looking back on it, I wish I would have developed a brand before. And I have a, my hat metal and wood is my furniture brand because it, it made sense. Um, so yeah, good tip there. Really good stuff. I love it. You well, guys are awesome. I love chatting. I know. And I would think it's great because, uh, and we've all three had a, a, a chance to hang out together at, at Stafta and then individually, I know April at the Home Depot events, and then you guys over at Fabtech. So it's, uh, I think 
the cool thing about this entire space of just the content creators, especially, and is, is just the camaraderie and conversations like this. And, you know, and we have other conversations uh, where we'll bring specific questions to each other. So that's another thing that I would just throw out there to the audience is, is make those relationships with people, especially uh, that are trying to do the same thing that you're doing, because the, the valuable insights, like you just, the, the stuff that you brought to us, April is just awesome. And being able to get somebody with a totally different perspective, it's just, it's fantastic. And it just helps everybody grow. And so we're really thankful to to have you as a friend and, and especially thankful to have you on the podcast. Uh, thanks guys. On yeah, that note, it. real quick, I know we keep trying to end, but I keep piping up, but on that <laughs> note, I think it's equally as important to not only reach out to people who are in the same space as you, but also to people on the on completely different spaces. And I always, I'm always curious on what people's business models are regardless, not, not content creators, but if I meet somebody, um, that's in the car world and on television, I'm like, okay, so what is your business model? And I'm curious about what I can take from their business model and how I can implement it into mine. And that's probably why I'm so like across the board, because I'm always like investigating on how are people making a living at what they're doing and how can that translate, you know? So just yeah, uh, make make friends in your space because it's very isolating being a content creator. Um, so it's very nice to have people doing the exact same thing as you. But also keep in mind that you need to be branching out outside of your niche as well. Yeah, great tip there. Um, speaking on hanging out, April will be at WorkbenchCon with us. Um, I will. And she's going to be doing a... Oh, that's right. Oh, We're that's all right. three going. A, 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 Rock a on. Killer, um, you're, you're talking about uh, SketchUp, correct? I am. I'm going to teach... SketchUp. Yep, the basics. And we got a uh, we get a Brad. I know I personally get a ton of questions about SketchUp. So for all of you listeners who want to learn how to punch SketchUp square in the face, <laughs> April's class at WorkbenchCon. It's I'll teach be awesome. you how to make the fists. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, as Brad said, April, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been a blast. Um, I'm sure we're gonna beg you to come back later um, because I've learned a ton here. I can't wait to go through my notes, and I know our audience is going to get a ton from it as well. Awesome. I hope that's true. I hope y'all aren't just uh, flattering me, but I really hope that I contributed. Uh, anybody out there who's looking to do this, good luck. Just keep at it and stay positive with it. Great. Awesome. Thank you so much, April. Bye, guys. Thank y'all. Man, I love talking with April. She's just so inspiring and such a great personality to talk to. John, why don't you give the folks some takeaways from the conversation that we just got done having? So some takeaways, I'm kind of going to like, I'm kind of going to group them together and go a little bit different here. Um, I, I just love the conversation so much. I wanted to give some hit points here instead of takeaways. And um, one thing I wanted to touch on to start was April's comment on, I'm a real person just moving through life. I think that's hugely valuable and important because a lot of us get caught up in how you have to be meticulous and how you have to be, um, you know, this like almost robotic person to be in business when that's not really the case. And I thought that was something that was truly valuable and, and, and honestly really beautiful about what, what she was saying there at that point. Um, secondly, I want to touch on how she was uh, talking about focusing on organic growth. I think a lot of people think that paid advertising and paid is the way to go right now, but there's still a ton of value in organic. So um, make sure that you're setting yourself up to get that organic you know, vibe and feel on whatever your brand is and whatever you're trying to do to attract people to it. Um, that that's kind of makes less people feel less turned off as you would having to pay for it. Um, you know, she gave a great tip on being more comfortable in front of the camera. And that was to uh, picture you're talking to a friend or pick a friend or somebody that you're very comfortable with and act like you're talking to them. If you're, if you're worried about getting in front of a camera or being on anything like an Instagram story, um, 
take that approach. I think that was a great piece of advice there. Um, and, and she really nailed it with that. Um, lastly, I'm going to say, uh, she talked a ton about focusing on your audience. And I think that that is hugely valuable as we do here at made for profit. We've talked about this since day one. We believe in the tribe. We believe in the audience and we believe that if you focus on them from the beginning, that long term, your business will prevail and it will become something that is valuable to all parties. If that tribe is the main focus of what you're doing. So great stuff there from April. Um, I, I love the conversation. She's so inspirational, like you said, Brad. And, and I was just, uh, I was, I was at the edge of my seat there the whole time. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. And uh, despite the fact that I have the flu right now, and that's why I sound like Barry White. This is not a new plug-in for my audio. <laughs> Although, <laughs> I know. I, I feel like I need to do that, though. I'd be like, I would sound a lot cooler. Uh, that you know, the conversation was just was just awesome, and. Hopefully there's a lot of takeaways. I think her just down to earth. I mean, that's the, the authenticity is just the biggest thing with her is like she she doesn't she doesn't put on any fronts or faces for anybody. She's just, hey, here's who I am. If you want to come follow what I'm doing, uh, that's great. If you don't, that's great, too. I love that. I love that about it. Yeah, me too, man. So, yeah. So hopefully you guys got some good takeaways out of there. Uh, we're going to go ahead and head into the after show uh, again. If you would like to be part of that, you can go over to patreon.com forward slash made for profit. And there's a link in the show notes. If you want to be a part of our after show, it's about uh, 20 minutes every week where we answer some questions from our patron members. All right, John, we'll hit it, man. Let's do this. Let's do it. So thank you guys for checking out the show. If you'd like any more information, you can head over to madeforprofit.com. We'll have our show notes as well as our email list subscription you can sign up for. There you'll receive tips of the week as well as all of our other actionable content. If you're digging the show, we'd love to get a five-star review over on iTunes and we would greatly appreciate that. If you have any other questions or suggestions, you can email us at madeforprofitpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love any of your input as well as any of your future show topic suggestions. You can hit us up on Instagram at madeforprofit where we will be answering your questions and giving out tips to help you grow on your own social networks. So once again, we really want to thank you guys for tuning in and we will catch you on the next episode. <laughs>